Welcome to the Money Over 50 podcast, brought to you by Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue from Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. This information is general in nature and does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Therefore, you should consider whether the information is appropriate for you and your personal circumstances. If you require personal advice, please contact Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. Here are your hosts, Dallas Davison and Michael Hogue. Welcome to Money Over 50. Today we are talking about the difference between gold, property and companies. Michael, your topic. Thanks, Dallas. Yeah, um, want to keep this one fairly high level. Yeah. And um, just as you're listening through today, just keep in, keep in mind two things, price and value. So, yeah. so there's two distinct things. Yeah. Um, people do get them confused quite a lot. Um, people will tell me this has increased by you know, threefold, yep. for example. Um, when you actually look at it, there hasn't been any value shift for a lot of these things that have gone up in price. Yeah. So yeah. And, and, and that's just because the cost of everything's gone up. Yeah. So, so, yeah. so the, the test, I always think about this one I read the other day, is the hamburger test. There you go. If I, if, I, if I owned something 30 years ago and the value of it was 100 hamburgers and now the price of it has gone up three times but all I can do is still buy 100 hamburgers with that, mm. I haven't actually got any increase in value which is, you know, the price of it has gone up but the value of that asset is still, I can still only do the same thing with it as what I could do 30 years ago. That's the key to it. So the, the, what you need to do when, you, when you're investing your money, when you're making your money work for you, um, you, you actually need to get both of these things yeah. right and you need to get an increase in both of those to, to truly to Work make a difference. Way. So you need to have a price increase. Yep. But you also need to have a value increase. Yep. And and I'll use some examples here. So so we look at gold. Um, so one bar of gold, if we if we go back almost a hundred years ago to nineteen twenty five, uh, look one bar of gold in nineteen twenty five Today in 2020, that is still one bar of gold. It's the same thing. Yep. It hasn't changed yep. and turned into two or three yep. bars of gold. Um, now, there's been a price increase, there's of been course. Huge over price shift over that time. Gold and a lot of those sorts of assets, the, the price fluctuates a lot. It, it fluctuates a lot. It tends to spike at certain times when there's um, you know, some sort of economic yep. downturn. Yeah. However, if you track it over over the longer term, if you track it since 1925 to 2020, yep. and you track it against what inflation has done, so the general increase in everything, yep. um, gold's really ticked along only with inflation yep. over that period of time. There's been periods of time yep. when that when it has spiked up, yep. and it tends to spike in price when yep. um, there is some sort of economic downturn yep. in in um, major economies yeah. all around the world. A, a house, so it's a, a three-bedroom cottage. Yeah. I've had to use, I couldn't use a five-bedroom <laughs> house, house theatre room, theater room <laughs> as, an, as an example. They didn't exist in 1925. <laughs> That's right. But look, yeah. one, one three-bedroom cottage in 1925, look, it's still one three-bedroom cottage. Yeah. It, it hasn't changed. There's been a price shift. Yeah. There's been yeah. no value shift. Um, there's been let's let's forget about the maintenance you've had to do to that place over yeah, well, the time, but, exactly, but yeah. which is which is quite significant. Yeah. yeah, 
but but, it, but I guess even like we we spoke of this at length in our, our recent podcast talking about you know, um, depreciation as a real expense and and those sorts of yeah. looking at the other podcast talking about selling um, property at retirement versus leading up to it. If you haven't listened to those, that probably will explain a fair bit of the backstory. So I won't go into it again too much detail, but. Yeah, like you said, the, the actual asset, if you assume that that's just a cost of maintaining it, if, if all you've done is maintain that asset from 1925 to now, that's, that's a, a really key one that I don't think, um, when it comes to property, it doesn't seem as intuitive as it does like a bar of gold. A bar yes. of gold, people can see, I, I've got that, I hid that in the backyard somewhere, I buried it in the backyard. They know that the only, the only increase I'm gonna see there is the price action going up and down. Mm. When it comes to a property, Again, stripping out, you know, if, if you've then, any any value increase to that is, is a separate issue. That, that's additional money that you've spent on it. The actual underlying asset that you've just maintained, you bought a three bedroom cottage in 1925, it's cost you money to maintain it, but stripping that out, you are left with just the same asset. So you, you got the same thing there where whatever increase in what it's worth now, what you could sell it for now, that is a that is a price shift, it's not a value shift. It's a, it's a price shift and, and um Additionally, yeah, because people say, you know, I, I bought a three-bedroom cottage. Well, great grand, yeah, great grandparents bought a three-bedroom cottage for a hundred pounds yeah. in nineteen twenty-five, and hey, that's now worth um, three hundred thousand dollars yeah. right now. And we go, and and you know, um, people might even intuitively say a hundred pounds yeah. with the cost of inflation, yeah, you know, hasn't compounded out yeah. to that amount, yeah. Um, what they failed to recognise, though, is that along the way, the maintenance of that property has cost we're, them. We're back to George Washington's multiples, <laughs> multiples. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you, <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, yeah. Grand, granddad bought a three-bedroom cottage in 1925 for 100 pounds, yeah. and and now that house is worth 300,000 dollars. Yeah, but we've replaced the bathroom three times, and 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 we've. And we've replaced the, floor coverings four times, and you've done this. The roof's been replaced. It, yeah, is it the yeah, same house? Um, well, eight yeah. times over that period of time, or yeah. six times over that period of time. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Look, look, look. Not much of the the original house is is left standing. And, and each time you actually do that maintenance, it it costs you the today's rates. Yeah. You know, So so if you yeah. did the bathroom yeah. right now, and it cost you twenty thousand dollars. That's yeah. multiples of yeah. what it was of yeah, of yeah. the original purchase price of yeah. the house. So you're doing yeah. that. At, um, yeah. Let's forget about that anyway, yeah. and just 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 I guess look at the price increase, but yeah. no value increase over that period of time. Yeah. So we go to companies. So companies work a little bit differently, mm. and um, if I use a well-known Australian company, Woolworths, and I go back, they actually started in 1925. Yep. Yeah. And they and they started with five supermarkets in 1925. Now today. Um, they have grown from five supermarkets to 995 supermarkets in Australia. They yeah. have, I couldn't find how many they have in <laughs> countdown stores, uh, which is the Woolworths supermarket variation in New Zealand. Yeah. They have um, multiple Dan Murphys, BWS and Big W, yeah, just to name some of their big outlets, yeah. big outlets and, and, yeah. and brands. So, yeah. Look, there's been a certainly a price increase in their shares or the value of that company over sorry, in the share price over yeah. that period of time. But there's also been a massive value increase as well. And conceptually, yeah. it's easy to understand is that they've gone from five supermarkets yeah. to nine hundred and ninety five supermarkets. Yeah. So forgetting yeah. everything else that they have yeah. 
the underlying asset has, has changed in what you actually own inherently is a different thing now than what it's, it was. It's a different thing now. And, and that's the, the key difference that people generally fail to, uh, um, I guess, grasp with companies is that they are actually doing a lot of the reinvesting for yep. you. So yep. when Woolworths started in 1925 with five supermarkets, they made X amount of profit off five supermarkets. Yep. Um, what they did with that profit is they is they reinvested quite a lot of it yep. and actually grew to seven supermarkets really quickly. Yep. And then they made a bigger profit of seven supermarkets and they reinvested that and grew to 10 supermarkets. Yeah. So each they reinvest and open more supermarkets, they make a bigger profit yep. off a bigger base at that period of time. So um, obviously over, over time, that starts to compound out and the fact that they now have 995 supermarkets, of course they're making many, many times more profit yeah. um, than they were when they had five that's, supermarkets. And that's that's the, the point that you're making there is that there's, <coughs> you can separate that out as two separate things. So there's there's the price increase, there's, there's I guess the, there's the price of what someone is willing to pay for one supermarket, which has mm. obviously gone up since 1925, as you say, you know, in, just, in, just with the rising cost of, of goods and services. So yeah. One supermarket is worth much more in, in terms of price than what it was in 1925, yep. but the actual value of that of that company has gone up substantially because they don't just own five supermarkets; they own, you know, nearly a thousand now. Yes. So, um, I think the it's it's a it's Woolworths is a really good. Um, yeah, we we use Woolworths all the time as that example because it's such a tangible thing where everyone can sort of see. If I stop in at work on the way home and I go to Woolworths and I spend money there every day. And then, you know, six months down the road, there's another one, that, another Woolworths or something like that's opened up next to it. Or a BW, BWS has opened up next door to the Woolworths that I always go to. You can kind of see that, obviously, that's now a more valuable asset to own. You, you want to own that. There's more turnover. There's more profit. The asset, if you own just that asset, that's, that's going to be more valuable. There's, there's a value shift there through, through that. That, that's right. There's there's a there's a significant value shift. I mean, you, you look at five to nine hundred ninety five. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, conceptually, it, it's easy to understand that that's that's inherently yep. many many more times valuable. Well, uh, in fact, um, just about to use an example of, uh, and, and probably not, it's probably not relevant for as many people, but it might be a, uh, I guess, a, an easy visual. Is, is it's like it's like cattle. So I still own some cattle. And if, if mm. you thought about that, where you know, again, the example of you know, my great old, you know, old great grandfather who had five cows in nineteen twenty five. He didn't actually. This is a major yeah. story. <laughs> but he, he probably didn't even have enough money for five cows in nineteen twenty five. But if if you if you inherited five cows in nineteen twenty five, mm. and those cows all have calves, and and you keep the progeny of all those cattle over the course of of that next hundred years, and you end up with a thousand cows now. You can you can see inherently that it's just it's a different thing that you own. You you, you don't own you, you in that case you don't own the original five cows. They're very long lived cows if you do, but you have a different thing. The, obviously, the profit from those cattle is going to be substantially more, separate to the issue of where the cattle prices have gone up. Or so gone that's down. that's a really good example. Let's say a ca- one cow costs ten pounds. Yep. In nineteen twenty. Yeah, that does exactly example. Um, use, yeah. What's that? What's one cow worth now? Thousand dollars. A thousand. A thousand dollars. So. Yep. 
That's a complete price shift. Yep. So it, it's a big number. Yeah, yeah. But it's a price shift. That's right. Because anything yeah. that costs ten pounds in nineteen twenty-five costs yeah. about a thousand dollars. Well, that, that, mate, that's a really good example so, of of so. the hamburger thing because you actually it, could it, physically make those well from hamburgers. Where do, where do hamburgers come from? <laughs> cows. Yeah, cows. <laughs> so, so yeah, you, uh, you had five cows. You could make yeah. however many hamburgers out of those five cows. Yeah. It doesn't matter that the price of them has gone from ten pound to a thousand dollars now. That's just a price shift. It's so still the same. Be, being, a, being a price shift, which looks like a big number, but if you strip out inflation, yeah, it's probably zero. It's the same thing, yeah. Uh, in terms of value, but there's been a value shift yeah. from five uh, cattle yeah. or five, five cows to a thousand yeah. uh, over time. So yeah. that that's what companies do. They yeah. reinvest yeah. for people on yeah. their behalf. Um, if you think about it, if you go back to the to the property scenario, um, look, a, a rental property pays out. 100% of its profit every year in the form of rent. So um, it doesn't keep any of that profit and reinvest. No. If it kept half of the profit, let's yep. say, yep. if that was possible, yep. and it actually improved the house yep. and built a, you know, it saved up half the profit that, or half the rent that it made every year yep. uh, until it got enough to build a, a fourth bedroom yep. and then it, and then it, you know, save. It, it rented that house out for more then because That's right. it was and a bigger the house, same, same, yeah. um, and then it saved half of the higher rent, and then it and then it it it, it waited until it could buy the you know the three bedroom cottage yeah. beside it, yep. and it bought that, yep. and it kept going and bought you know half the street in yep. that situation. That would be a value shift. Yep. Um, however, it's you know, not what happens. It's not what happens. So with with companies typically in Australia, look. Um, Typically, and this is a very, very yep. average rule of thumb, companies in Australia across the board uh, pay out about half of their profits in the form of a dividend, which we haven't even counted here with yep. Woolworths. Yep. Um, we haven't even factored in that dividend yep. that they're paying to their shareholders along the way. Um, and they typically, and this is yeah, a yeah. really, really loose average, <laughs> don't, please don't yeah. hold me uh, <laughs> yeah. accountable we'll, for we'll this. We'll get comments on this going, that's not true. <laughs> okay, okay, it's just um, conceptually. But, but conceptually, about right. conceptually, yeah. about half the profits every year that yeah. a company makes in Australia, yeah. across the board, yeah. they will reinvest and grow the business or pay down debt or, or do something to make them more valuable. Yeah. Um, and they'll pay out about half of the profits yeah. in the form of a dividend to the shareholders. So... Yeah. So um, it works very, very differently, and that's how Woolworths are able to grow from five supermarkets in 1925 to 995 yep. supermarkets in 2020. Yep. Imagine the profit they made every single year. They kept half of it yep. and opened some more supermarkets, and they paid out of the profit as a dividend to their shareholders. Um, uh, so they'll they'll change that, they'll tweak that yeah. at different times. There's different companies that will hold on to more of their profits and pay out smaller, yeah, but it's smaller amounts. But it's it's a, it's a general rule of thumb. I think across that's, the board. that's a really good point because for most people, that's our, most of our experience with investing is in, in Australia is, is property, and so mm. you own you own an investment property, you get the rent, and as you said, you get 100 percent of that rent. And, and so what we're kind of used to is you buy an asset, you get all the cash. Mm. And then it's up to you. Like, you know, in, in that case, you can take that you can take that profit and and reinvest it and, and build up or pay down the debt and then go and buy the next one, next one. Mm. Um, the numbers stack up that you can't do it as quickly and as efficiently as you could via a company. But mm. 
the, the point is we're used to that thing of whatever I get from that, the cash that I get from that is, is all there is to it and, and the asset stays the same. The three-bedroom cottage stays the same, yeah. separate to the maintenance I've got to do. That's, I think, where people really struggle with, with this value shift of, of companies, as you just said there. It's that when we get that, we, everyone kind of understands dividends because it's the same sort of, it's like, it's like getting interest or it's like getting rent where yeah. you go, I've got this asset, they pay me this cash every quarter or once a year or whatever they do. What we don't understand or what we're not used to is that behind the scenes, that's not, the, the money that I'm getting via a dividend, that's not all the, that's not all the profit. It's not all going to me. Yep. Some of that is being kept within that company to reinvest, to, to buy new assets, to do all those kinds of things that, that fundamentally change the value of the company itself. And that's sort of what, you, what you're touching on there is that there's that price increase so that every year, you know, my dividend usually, my dividend goes up with, with uh, inflation in the same way that my rent goes up with inflation every year. We understand that, but it's that behind the scenes piece that I think for a lot of people it's missing is that is the asset that I'm owning, is it fundamentally changing over time or mm. is it staying the same? And yep. and the, the point that we're making here is not that there's anything, there's nothing fundamentally wrong with an asset not reinvested. There's nothing wrong with a company paying out 100% of its profits. Or there's mm. nothing wrong with a, a property paying out 100% of its profits. It's just that when you're stacking those up against each other, you've got, you've got very different assets here. So you, you can't, it's apples and oranges to compare the rent that I get from a property versus the dividends that I get from from my portfolio of Australian companies, if if we're only comparing how much cash do I get from them each year? Yep. Yeah, that's a great point. It's it's completely it is it's complete apples and oranges. It's it's two different things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to talk more about this and talk about diversification and give some examples about yeah. individual companies. And what they've grown to, but I don't think I will. No. <laughs> I think I'll, once again, this is something that you probably thought we'll go through that first bit in five minutes, and then yeah. and then we'll talk about the rest of it. And we've banged on for twenty minutes about that, yeah. so we can leave that for another day. But yeah, I think uh, for me, the, the, I think this is a, a topic that we've thought about a lot, and mm. it is it is just something to think about as as the person you know as you're as you're building up accumulating assets for your retirement savings it is important to bear in mind is that am I buying something that I am going to have to spend money on to maintain it to its current, to its current level or am I buying something that is going to fundamentally get more valuable over time and that's the difference between gold property and companies to me. Place to wrap up. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to the Money Over 50 podcast with Money Over 50 Financial Advisors. We look forward to catching up again soon.